As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to the BBM Global Network with 25 years in broadcast audio and video production. Our passionate team creates content and marketing for the world of Internet talk radio. If you've got a passion, come join us at BBMGlobalNetwork.com. The BBM Global Network. Your voice is now heard. should be over the things that happened to me. I'm to blame. It has to be my fault. Why else would it have happened? These are just a few of the statements many clients have said to author and mental health professional Kelly James over the years. Kelly James, the host of Why Aren't You Over This by Now, kept searching for something that would help her feel better after things that happened in her personal life. Finally, she found a way to heal her past in order to love her future and is here to share her discoveries and help the lives of others. So please welcome the host of Aren't You Over This By Now, Kelly James. Welcome to the show. Why aren't you over this by now on BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio? I'm your host, Dr. Kelly James. You can email or Call in. You can email at why aren't you over this by now at gmail.com or you can call in at 866 451 1451. My guest today is Aaron Ashworth. He's a licensed professional counselor and he holds a Master's of Divinity degree. He owns a, the private practice, Patriot Family Counseling Services, and he's also the program administrator for the Oklahoma Governor's Challenge and national effort to reduce suicide among service members. Welcome to the show, Aaron. Thanks, Kelly. Thanks for having me today. Absolutely. So before we start off, I want you to just tell um, the audience how they can get hold of you. Yeah, so the uh, Patriot Family Counseling Services is uh, the private practice. I have a website that's patriotcounseling.com. Um, also, for the, uh, the state work I do with the Oklahoma Governor's Challenge, that's through the Oklahoma Department of Veterans Affairs. And you can contact me um, at my email address, which is aaron.ashworth at odva.ok.gov for gov. <laughs> that's a lot of initials. 
That is. All right. So share what is the Oklahoma Governor's Challenge? Yeah, the Oklahoma Governor's Challenge is an effort that the Oklahoma governor, Governor Stitt, uh, signed into practice back in January. It's a national effort that's ran by SAMHSA, which is the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration there in D.C., in combination with the Veterans Affairs and as well as the Department of Defense. They're doing a national grassroots effort to reduce suicide among service members, veterans, and their families. And Oklahoma is a part of that effort. So we're one of a few states and cities. Um, There's a marriage challenge as well that goes with that um, in order for us to collaborate across the state and in our communities to reduce suicide. Very good. And how did you get involved with this? Well, it's kind of a funny story. I, um, I was the suicide prevention programs manager for the Oklahoma military department for quite a few years. And uh, I was invited to a meeting to talk more about uh, what the SAMHSA effort looked like when it was the marriage challenge here in the, uh, in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And uh, as I attended a couple of those meetings, I, uh, I ended up somehow in charge of it. So there was a, a time period where I basically just kind of, uh, was there and listening to what was going on, and uh, I left to do some military training, came back, and that conversation was kind of still in the same place it was when I left it. And uh, I asked if uh, there was going to be an action plan or any kind of orientation to kind of promoting this event or this effort across our communities. And uh, they're like, yeah, sure, great, you're the guy to do that. So uh, <laughs> through uh, through process of elimination, I started putting an action plan together for the city of Tulsa working with uh, the deputy mayor, Amy Brown, and uh, myself and our team, and uh, started working towards that action plan. And I started the marriage challenge, and just kind of as the governor's challenge came along, the first this year, took that over um, and was uh, selected by uh, or appointed by Governor Stitt and the um, Secretary of Military Affairs, which is uh, General Ben Robinson. Very nice. And, you know, we know each other personally, so you definitely have the skill set to be able to be the program administrator. I think they made a wise choice in choosing you. Well, thank you. So what? tell us what some of your responsibilities are as program administrator. Yeah, so um, the full title is Mental Health and Suicide Prevention Programs Administrator. Um, I, that seat rides underneath Oklahoma Department of Veterans Affairs. And uh, so their main mission is kind of basically veteran nursing homes. And they, uh, they, but they're huge advocates for all things military veteran oriented in the state. So they got involved uh, when the governor's challenge came along and they asked if I would come on and work with them to help develop out um, some collaboration amongst the different departments. Uh, so I work with a lot of state agencies, state departments, nonprofits, foundations across the state to kind of streamline what mental health and suicide prevention care looks like for service members, veterans, and their families. And then as we developed our action plan for the Governor's Challenge, we started developing the Oklahoma Veterans Corridor, which is kind of connecting the different cities that are involved in the Governor's Challenge and Marriage Challenges um, to giving an opportunity for each one of those cities and communities to become part of the bigger picture as we build the collaborations across the state. So a lot of my Say, I guess a lot of my uh, my job title is more um, training those agencies with military cultural training, building those collaborations, and then kind of putting the letter of agreements together for those departments and agencies to work together. Okay, so why is it important for people to have military cultural training? 
Military culture is a, a unique subset, I think, within, I mean, I, there's so many different kind of demographics that there, I mean, everyone has a different culture. And they, as a mental health professional and someone that works in suicide prevention, if you don't understand um, the military culture, you don't know how to speak their language, you don't know how to uh, empathize or sympathize with their experiences, it's going to be really difficult for you as a provider to be able to really meet the needs that they have in addressing post-traumatic stress and many of the other things that are relationship issues and many of those other things that come up for military. But having that military cultural training is kind of the subset. It's just like if you were doing QPR or Talk Saves Lives or something for suicide prevention, it's that kind of that immediacy, that immediate training that gives you the awareness of how best to work with military culture. And if you don't come from that culture or have experienced that culture in any kind of way, it best prepares you to be able to work in that space. Okay, so you use a lot of acronyms. So what is QPR? Is that what you said, QPR? Q yeah, QPR is Question, Persuade, Refer. It's a suicide prevention uh, model that's used in the civilian sector for um, kind of baseline suicide prevention education. So you have programs, I think you said K through 12 or um, – or moving that direction? Yes. So we work with the uh, Oklahoma Department of Mental Health and Substance Abuse Services, um, one of our first partners in the Mayor's Challenge and the Governor's Challenge effort. And uh, so through that, the, um, the basis of what the Governor's Challenge is, is basically to spread suicide prevention education across the state as we build these collaborations. And a lot of that training is provided by the Oklahoma Department of Mental Health and Substance Abuse Services and or the Mental Health Association of Oklahoma. So we've teamed up with both of them, and we are working with them to develop um, K-12 programs, uh, health clinic programs, professional education. Um, so we work on multiple levels with different suicide prevention, military cultural trainings with those organizations. So just a practical question with all that you've just said, how do you keep track of everything? That just seems like um, an astronomical uh, amount of people <laughs> to be involved with. Yeah, I would say um, chaotic scheduling, really. But uh, <laughs> I have a written planner. I have a written planner as well as online um, calendar that I keep. And it's uh, just making sure that each each day I kind of do, I have my own process of making okay. sure what my top priorities are. Great. And we'll hear more about the Oklahoma Governor's Challenge when we return from break. You're listening on BBM Global Network and tune in radio to Why Aren't You Over This By Now? And I'm your host, Dr. Kelly James, with my guest, Aaron Ashworth. If you're a person caring for someone living with dementia, then this program is for you. It's designed for families and friends coping with the challenges of caregiving. The foundation of care, Susan Kohler believes, is communication. Innovative Dementia Care with Susan Kohler provides strategies to keep the lines of communication open between you and your loved one, increase quality interactions, decrease the burden of daily care for you, the caregiver. 
Join Susan, 11 a.m. Eastern, on the BBM Global Network. Susan and her guests will share techniques so you can facilitate your loved one's ability to safely follow your instructions, participate in daily activities, and express daily wants and desires. To learn positive solutions, creative ideas, and practical strategies that will build a healthy foundation of care. Have you ever felt like no one is listening or you're not getting the honest attention you deserve? Do you even know the kind of attention you want or need? You are not alone. Alice Aspen March is here to help. Thanks to Alice, through her epiphany and research over the word attention, there are solutions to the attention dilemma. Worldwide audiences have been enthralled and engaged for over 40 years with her visionary and pioneering observations. The kind of attention we get and give is vital to improving our lives and society. Alice and her weekly guests review game-changing insights for transforming and improving our understanding of attention, providing techniques for creating healthier and empowering behavior. Get a new perspective on a mainstream word. Tune into Why Our Attention Matters for fresh and thought-provoking conversations every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern on BoldBraveMedia.com and the TuneIn Radio app. Welcome back. I'm Dr. Kelly James. You're listening on BBM Global Network and tune in radio to Why Aren't You Over This By Now? My guest today is Aaron Ashworth, who's a licensed professional counselor in um, Tulsa, and he's the program administrator for the Oklahoma Governor's Challenge. So before our break, you were talking about service teams. So tell us what the service teams are. Yeah, so in, within the Oklahoma Governor's Challenge, as well as the different Mayor's Challenges, we have um, different priorities that we focus on. Each one of them has a, uh, a service team that's connected to it or a work group that's connected to it. And what we're trying to accomplish, basically, is within each community that they have their own, their own, their own team, basically, that's looking at the gaps within what's going on in that community, where they're missing some resources when it, with regards to mental health and suicide prevention care for service members. And then we come in as the Governor's Challenge and Mayor's Challenge and try to support those teams or even build teams around those gaps in order to fulfill them. So a lot of it is about basically kind of having organized work groups around specific topics or specific gaps that we know we can bring experts into and speak into how we can fill those gaps in those communities. Okay, and so are these volunteers that are on yeah, the so service teams? Most of them, yeah, most of them are they're volunteer, but a lot of them are actually professionals um, within either the state departments, uh, nonprofit organizations, for-profit organizations. Um, so we have mental health professionals, we have doctors and clinicians, we have individuals that come from first response um, type of careers. So they're all professionals and they're all experts in their fields, but a lot of most of them, if not all of them, are pretty much dedicating their time and effort to this as a, a passion project or a side project, something that they want to be a part of in the community because they can influence that change. But yes, most of them are on a volunteer basis. And so how do you get volunteers? I mean, how do they find out about this? Well, ironically, Oklahoma is unique in the fact that the veteran space is actually um, quite popular, and uh, we have a huge population of veterans here in Oklahoma, and Oklahoma loves their veterans, so we have uh, a lot of support. Um, with that, there's a lot of veteran service organizations um, across the state, uh, so it's really not hard to become a part of that circuit, and uh, a lot of them within the communities, they have their own um, 
their own programs and their own resources, their own committees and commu- uh, groups. So we just tied into some of those that already exist. And uh, okay. with that, like American Legions, um, VFWs, Community Service Council, uh, we just tie into those veteran service organizations. And a lot of times they're the ones that started off and then we grow from there. So right now, what does the governor's challenge actually need? Right now, what we need are, um, honestly, we are working on some massive projects right now. And uh, so a lot of times it's just coming back to uh, what every foundation and nonprofit needs, which is finances. And sure. uh, we operate under a pretty uh, pretty limited budget. But um, I would say the two things that I really want more than anything are for more veterans to get involved uh, for the service members, veterans, and the communities to get involved because it's always great to connect um, those that have been trained in the military and that have that experience to be working with other veterans um, because it just kind of brings a, a, a nicety in a kind of an at-home feeling and brotherhood and sisterhood to what we're doing. But then also those major donor supports. Um, so if there's any fundraiser or uh, foundations or groups out there that like this type of thing and like this type of work, there's plenty of ways to plug in. And so you talked about um, in the first segment about the military cultural training. And so if veterans are involved in this, they have the unique perspective. And so what are some of those perspectives that um, are challenges that military service people experience when they come out of the military? I think initially there's always somewhat of a culture shock. Um, you get used to kind of the rhythm and the pace of military life. So when you transition back into a civilian career, a lot of times you're, you struggle with uh, not having that structure, that support. Um, you know, there's kind of a, a, a saying that we, most military uh, components, we accomplish more by six o'clock than most people do all day. Um, so, you know, we kind of run at a high pace rhythm. And so I think a lot of times not having that and not having that culture, that community, we also are residential experts in our fields. So a lot of times mm. being a residential expert, when you come out and you go into a civilian culture or life job, that uh, you are, you're used to people coming to you for one specific thing. And uh, a lot of times you have to be a little more collective than that in the, in the civilian type of job, um, which also, you know, I, I think I talked to you about a little bit before, the, the um, you used to kind of having that chain of command structure and everyone thinks that you're going to be a great employee because of that chain of command structure. Um, but what people don't realize a lot of times is we're also used to being able to tell people to stay in their lane. Um, so mm. if you have micromanager for a boss or anything like that, there's a lot of trouble with the employment because we're used to being those residential experts. And then if you stepped into my residential expert lane, I'm used to being able to tell you to go back to your lane which doesn't usually um, transfer real well into civilian employment. So So for any employers who are listening, how best do you um, manage uh, someone who's come out of the military? Yeah, I think um, initially having that military cultural training, knowing what, um, how best to hire veterans, veterans make great employees. You just have to know where to position them and how to, how to really use their skill sets. And I think that that's, um, there's also kind of a, a discrepancy, or I don't know how you'd put it. There's a kind of a view that everyone that comes back is going to have post-traumatic stress. So a lot of times employers kind of stay away um, mm-hmm. from hiring veterans because of that. But a lot of times 
um, you know, they they know how to manage that or they know how to get resources to manage those types of things if they struggle with those issues. And really it's not an issue for, uh, I'd say, probably less than 1% of the military overall, um, that not every person that's ever been in war has mental health issues. So it's uh, it's not to be afraid of that military culture, but how to embrace it and then how to program around it through your own employment. And uh, those employers that, that come in and do EAP programs and they have military cultural training and they know how to really work with them, they end up, those military service members end up being some of the best employees and they'll move through your organization at a high speed um, as far as uh, being able to accomplish and to move towards goals and visions a lot faster than most normal civilians probably would. Yeah, that's great information to have. Okay, so employment is a challenge. And what's just mention what another challenge is, and we'll talk about that when we come back from break. Yeah, I, um, again, relationship issues, post-traumatic mm-hmm. stress, um, and um, there's a lot of trauma a lot of times that come with service members, so those types of things. Okay, so we'll talk about that when we come back from break. You're listening on BBM Global Network to Why Aren't You Over This By Now? And I'm your host, Dr. Kelly James. And my guest today is Aaron Ashworth, Licensed Professional Counselor and Program Administrator for the Oklahoma Governor's Challenge. Be sure and stay tuned. We'll be right back. Dr. R.C. will share extraordinary resources and services that promote educational success, as well as making a difference in the lives of all social workers, as well as the lives of children adolescents, and teens of today. She will have open discussions addressing many of the issues that we face about our youth and how being employed in the uniquely skilled profession of social work for over 18 years has taught invaluable lessons through her personal experiences. She will also provide real-life facts, examples, and personal stories that will confirm that why serving as a child advocate is extremely beneficial when addressing the needs of the whole child. Listen live Saturdays, 10 a.m. Eastern, on the BBM Global Network and tune in radio as Dr. RC will provide thought-provoking information that will empower, encourage, and strengthen students, families, and communities across our nation. You can also visit her at soarwithkatie.com. Are you struggling to care for elderly parents or a spouse? Do you wonder if being a caregiver is making you sick? Are you worried about taking time off work to care for elderly parents and balance work, life, and caregiving? Has caregiving become exhausting and emotionally draining? Are you an aging adult who wants to remain independent, but you're not sure how? I'm Pamela D. Wilson. Join me for the Caring Generation radio show for caregivers and aging adults, Wednesday evenings, 6 Pacific, 7 Mountain, 8 Central, and 9 Eastern, where I answer these questions and share tips for managing stress, family relationships, health, well-being, and more. Podcasts and transcripts of the Caring Generation are on my website, PamelaDWilson.com plus my caregiving library, online caregiver support programs, and programs for corporations interested in supporting working caregivers. Help, Hope, and Support for Caregivers is here on The Caring Generation and PamelaDWilson.com. Welcome back to Why Aren't You Over This By Now? I'm your host, Dr. Kelly James, and you're listening on BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. My guest today is Aaron Ashworth. And Aaron, before the break, you mentioned that relationship issues is another challenge that military individuals have. Can you elaborate on that? Yeah, I think with uh, with the work that I do, a lot of the data and statistics that we get back with um, those that have mental health, depression, suicide, um, suicidal ideations, things like that, a lot of times it comes down to relationship breakdowns. 
and um, it, relationship breakdowns, financial issues, things like that that play into kind of that household management. And those struggles, I think, are probably um, worse for military service members than they are for others for the simple fact of um, we get used to a rhythm, we get used to being in charge of our, our areas and, and moving towards kind of a particular mission and goal or vision of what our command is working towards. And then when we come back home and we kind of try to integrate back into home life, um, we're so used to being able to tell people to come and go and do as we need them to. That, that doesn't usually work well with a spouse and family. <laughs> and uh, what a lot of times it's just that reintegration back into that family culture and that family setting. And that knowing that if you did leave for a period of time, especially if you left on a deployment, well, your spouse has found a rhythm and a pace outside of you being there. Um, so a lot of times those relationship issues and things like that will come into play um, post coming back into a family setting because of just the uh, the discrepancies and the differences in, in culture and style of being in the military, working in that kind of space, culture, industry, and then coming home and trying to run your house the same way. That usually doesn't work. You have to kind of relax and find a good pace and rhythm. And obviously separation itself is difficult for a lot of families. So I think those are some of the stressors, life stressors that we experience in the military that a lot of other organizations, unless you just travel a lot for your job, um, that we experience um, probably in a profound way compared to civilian counterparts. Definitely. And as you could probably guess, Aaron is actually in the military. Can you tell what your job title is? Yeah, so I am a, I just switched over for 15 years of my career. I was an air traffic controller and uh, was in the enlisted ranks. And then I switched over to being an officer a few years ago. And now I'm a chaplain. So I do uh, mental health ministry and uh, even within the military. So uh, it's been a great opportunity for me to be able to stay connected to uh, the military service members. And I get to work with them inside and outside of my civilian career as well as my National Guard career. And you yourself have been deployed. How many times have you been deployed? Right. I've been deployed three times. I was deployed twice to Iraq from 2003 to 2006 on two different deployments. So I spent three years in Iraq. And then in 2010, I left for Afghanistan, was in Afghanistan for a year. Yeah. So you, you know firsthand everything that you're saying and the challenges. You, you experience it because you have a wife, you have children. Very much so. So when I left on my Afghanistan deployment, I left my uh, left home with my wife. Um, we had our oldest, who was six months old at the time, and she was pregnant with our second. So I let her left her home with the baby and pregnant. And then when I came home, I came home to a year and a half. The one, uh, my oldest being a year and a half, and my the one that she was pregnant with being six months old. So um, she's been a trooper through this completely because she, she's gone through a few rounds of military stuff with me. But uh, yes, I have experienced it firsthand. Yeah, that's really challenging for attachment and and family connectedness to be gone, especially with young children. So, you know, your service is definitely needed for helping military service people. And you mentioned about PTSD and complex trauma. So can you talk just briefly about that? and how that um, interplays with what you do? Yeah, um, I would say that mental health starts uh, in a very early age for everybody. 
And uh, a lot of times service members, veterans, uh, family members, they, um, a lot of times they come into the military uh, with regards to trying to better, better their life, better uh, themselves. And a lot of times they're coming from already having a lot of um, crisis trauma background. And they, uh, a lot of times there's a consideration of like, well, if they go into the military, then it'll fix them straight. And uh, I kind of have a rule of thumb that the military makes you a lot of times better at whatever you are when you came in. So if you came in an alcoholic, the military gives you the opportunity to be a better one. If you came into it um, with wanting leadership and wanting to be able to move that direction, then it gives you that opportunity as well. And it's really what you put into it. And this is life in general, but what you put into it is what you get out of it. But a lot of times we do have um, a lot of service members that are coming into it trying to change their stars. And they've come to it with trauma backgrounds, and then they go overseas, and they just what we call compound complex trauma. Um, They get into uh, a war type of situation. They experience everything that war brings with it, and then that's added to the complexities of the the trauma they've had as a child in their their experiences growing up. So a lot of times that post-traumatic stress that we see isn't necessarily even a lot of times war-driven. A lot of times it was post-traumatic stress that was stemming from their childhood experiences. And I'm not saying always, but a lot of times that you'll see when they have serious post-traumatic stress, a lot of times it's because they've had trauma episodes before they ever came into the military. And then they were just compounded by their experiences. But there's also other things in the military that, um, that allow for trauma experiences outside of that, you know, just separation from home can be traumatic for some people. Um, There's military Um, sexual trauma that exists um, within military settings that um, a lot of times doesn't get talked about. And I mean, there's just experiences that you'd have that anyone would have, um, even in a civilian culture in life. Those experiences can be traumatic for just different types of personalities. So understanding that and knowing how to work within that culture, being able to speak the language really helps with being able to understand how best to treat the trauma, how best to treat the crisis that they experienced, and how best to walk them through it is what I would call um, kind of a battle buddy, which is our, um, we work in teams in the military where those teams, you always have somebody that's with you. That's kind of that person that has your back. And uh, a lot of times as a counselor, that's what I try to do in a counseling session is like, Hey, you know what? Out of everybody right now, you may not feel like you have anyone, but I'm here and I'm here and I've got your back and I'm going to be here through this. I understand what the language you're speaking. I know where you're coming from. Let me help you the best I can in being able to walk that journey out with them. You know, when new clients come into my office uh, pre-COVID, um, I could always sense the level of anxiety they were experiencing just because I'm a, 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 you know, I'm a stranger. They're doing something they've not done before. And so how much more is that important that you fully understand what these service members have been through? Yeah, I think there's um, they, they all come with their own different experiences and their own different opinions <laughs> And a lot of times, you know, the um, unfortunately, you know, the VA is in the news a lot, but the, the VA was built out um, to do certain things um, for certain segments. And they've come a long ways in really being able to treat our veterans and service members um, with really good care. But there's a lot of stigma around the VA, too. So a lot of them come in skeptical um, of, well, are you connected to the VA service? Are you connected to the military? Is this going to get back is it gonna, if they're still in the military? Is it going to get back and ruin my career? Um, if they're not in the military, like, well, you know, you'll never understand my experience unless you've been there and done it my, uh, yourself. 
Um, so there's a lot of anxiety that comes into even, I think, overall, you see it even, like you said, in the general population, that uh, there's anxiety about going to counseling in the first place. And I think their anxiety, a service member's anxiety, is probably uh, just a little bit more because they, they're like, you know, no one's going to understand my experiences. No one's, uh, no one's going to experience, like, if you haven't taken a life, like, how can you relate to what I'm going through? Um, or if you haven't experienced the thing that I've gone through, how are you going to be able to connect to me? So there's a lot of that kind of anxiety that I think being somebody that's been in the service, that's gone overseas, that's fought wars, allows me to be able to really speak into that. And with the Oklahoma Governor's Challenge, that's really our goal, um, is being able to connect with service members across the state, as well as providing those clinicians and providing the uh, those different state departments the awareness of what it means to really work with these service members and veterans and how best to prepare so they do feel comfortable when they come in that they can seek services and they're not afraid to do so and then that would if they're still in that it's not going to ruin their career but there are civilian providers that are out there that are trained to work with you and that there's options and you have resources and not to really shy away from it but to really embrace that yeah, that, that's excellent. That's excellent. And so when we come back from the break, I want you to share about the statistics on suicide and the reason that this is so important and um, necessary for all states. So when we come back, um, my guest, Aaron, is going to talk more about that. You're listening to Why Aren't You Over This By Now on BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Kelly James, and be sure to stay tuned to listen to what Aaron has to say about the suicide prevention. We'll be right back. Did you know that your beliefs create your entire reality, but it's the subconscious beliefs that do most of the creating? Belief Shifter and Life Coach Shiraz can help you identify those limiting beliefs and eliminate them, often in a single session. Like it was almost instant, like... I had relief right away. Creating better health, relationships, careers, and finances. Let Shiraz help you step out of safety and into awareness. Definitely something's happening. Uh, it's like a, a flow inside. You know, it feels good. Whether in person or online, Shiraz provides personal coaching, belief shifting. Visit Shiraz at energeticmagic.com or call 416-529-7429. Energetic Magic on the BBM Global Network, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern. Find your greater happiness. Be well. Be aware. Be magical. Welcome back to BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio to Why Aren't You Over This By Now. I'm your host, Dr. Kelly James, and my guest today is Aaron Ashworth, who's a licensed professional counselor in Tulsa, and he is also the program administrator for the Oklahoma Governor's Challenge to Reduce Suicide Among Service Members. So, Aaron, can you give us some statistics about suicide among su- service members? Yeah, I think some of the statistics that are pretty common for most general population to hear is that there's 22 a day, which has been a, a pretty standard statistic, 22 suicides a day for service members, veterans, and their families across the state. Uh, unfortunately, that uh, well, fortunately for us, the, the VA came back and uh, with new recent studies, and uh, the rate has dropped to 17 a day, which is really good for us. But I also um, bring awareness to every state's different. Um, every state, um, a lot of those statistics come from um, service members that are connected to the VA um, that the VA can track. So a lot of times those individuals that are from the World War II Vietnam era, a lot of them uh, that don't receive VA services go untracked. 
And so there's a lot of states within the governor's challenge now that we're finding out that we need to really increase the progression on how we look at tracking data accurately and then the best ways to do that. So the Oklahoma governor's challenge is in combination with the national effort for the governor's challenge through SAMHSA are looking and collaborating with other states and saying, how can we best start working with the departments within our state, the non, um, the violent death reporting systems, the state health departments, the state mental health departments, how can we best start collaborating with them to get accurate data of what this looks like? Um, I would, I would assume um, if you add it in, again, this is just my assumption. This is not statistical data um, would be that there is much higher rate than 22 a day when you start adding in um, those that are going unaccounted for. And uh, Oklahoma is really geared towards making sure that that data is accurate. And uh, we're working with both our state department and our mental health department in order for us to start streamlining that data in a way that we can get a solid number by saying how many deaths are happening? What's the cause behind them? Are they long-term mental health concerns or are they life life factors that are creating suicidal ideations? And then that way we have some awareness and some better information to be able to judge how we can go about um, producing services and resources. But then also what state, what parts of the state um, do we really need to focus on that are maybe having higher escalation points than others? So if we were going with standard statistics, it's 17 a day currently. That's what the VA has put out. We support that. Um, but I would say that those rates are a lot higher because a lot of those individuals aren't getting counted um, pro- properly because they're not attached to the VA. And so, uh, you know, suicide is such a horrible thing for anyone to experience, the families to experience. So in this governor's challenge, do you also incorporate any of the families or is it specifically the service member? Yeah, so the tagline is basically Governor's Challenge to Reduce Suicide Among Service Members, Veterans, and Their Families. Okay. And uh, we really try to focus on making sure that those families are part of it because the families are an integral part of the success. Um, And even though that there are family members that struggle themselves, a lot of times they're playing a caregiving role to those that are struggling. So we want to make sure that they're trained and they have the resources and education and the ability to um, look at, we have like the Oklahoma resource locator that we're about to launch here in a couple of weeks, uh, as well as the prevents model, which is the president's roadmap that's coming to Oklahoma. They have access to the resources that these programs bring and what we can do to really make them a priority in our efforts. So yeah, family members are definitely um, important to making sure that they're a part of this process. Okay, I want to ask you about the resource locator and the prevents, but I want to ask you first, what, from your experience, what causes a person to move the direction of suicide? Uh, man, that's such a broad question. Um, I would say, I would say previous trauma experience. Um, so what we call basically the acute childhood experience or the ACE studies. Um, and that's basically, have you grown up in an, an atmosphere and environment that has led you to ta- lots of trauma and crisis? Um, a lot of times, long-term mental health, um, maybe they had issues with depression and anxiety before they joined the military, and um, those things just get exasperated when they join service. But for life factors, I would say life factors are the bigger things um, that we see pretty consistently, again, going back to relationship issues, finance issues, substance abuse issues, things like that that just make um, make things go chaotic real quickly. 
And when those things get out of hand and they don't feel like they have support or resources, then they end up in a place of having suicidal ideations. But the way we combat that is looking at what kind of life factors can we play? What kind of resources can we bring to those life protective factors? Can we bring uh, a financial coach in that might be able to help? Can we bring family counselors in that might be able to speak into the situations? Can we provide these resources um, for veterans and service members and their families in order to reduce the rates? Um, but we also look at, there's just so many different things that we look at that go into it that um, it's really about basically building purpose and connection. And purpose connection provides that positive pathway to hope. And uh, and that's really what we want to do is be able to provide a pathway of hope through developing purpose back to that service member and building connection back to not just their family, but their communities as well. Yeah, because people lose hope, and especially in all those different areas that are a struggle, and then they lose hope. So I, I think this is such a great thing that you're doing. So what is the Oklahoma Resource Locator? What does that mean? Yeah, so um, one of our first priorities when we started the Governor's Challenge was to build out the Oklahoma um, the Oklahoma Veteran Corridor. And the corridor was basically connecting, at the time we had Tulsa Mayor's Challenge and Oklahoma City Mayor's Challenge. And in order to, us to have a solid corridor across the state, we really wanted to get Lawton, which uh, houses Fort Sill as well. We wanted Lawton to be a Mayor's Challenge city. So we were able to talk Samson and offering that to Lawton. So we've connected the three major cities in the diagonal line across the state that allow us to be able to work um, in those communities, find the gaps, fill the gaps. And there are three of our major military communities um, already because there's bases in each one of those cities. What that did, though, is it brought an awareness to what some of those gaps and resources are. What some we, And one of the things that we did is we started building out the corridors. One of the continuous things that we heard was like, well, we don't, there's not a one-stop shop. There's nowhere you can go that just allows us to find what resources are in our community. So we have um, some friends of ours that we're in partnership with at Community Service Council here in Tulsa um, with, uh, in partnership with the Oklahoma Department of Veterans Affairs that started building out uh, a global information system, what's called a GIS system, um, which is a map locator that, can, uh, that we put every resource that we could possibly find that's vetted through our 211 programs as well as through the different state departments and agencies that allow us to be able to put them on a map and you can do a radius search that uh, no matter where you are in the state, you can do a radius search to say, you know what, I need uh, mental health that's geared specific to veterans, and you can find that. What's great is the way we developed it out is it, it's actually really good for social services as well as using it for veteran services specific. So we're going to launch that here in a couple of weeks. Well, that's really impressive, being able to get to those services and having someone that can help you. That's amazing. So I want you to share more about the Prevents model when we come back. You're listening to Why Aren't You Over This By Now? I'm your host, Dr. Kelly James, and you're listening on BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. Be sure and stay tuned to hear what else Aaron has to share. What if there were a super tiny device that could diagnose the brain and is smaller than a single human hair? What if you could see inside the brain to help an epilepsy patient during surgery or to help the fight against Parkinson's disease? 
Dr. Patricia Broderick is proud to announce the Broderick Probe, a biomedical and electronic breakthrough. Imagine a probe to help with the understanding and potential cure of brain-related diseases. To learn more, listen live to the Easy Sense Radio Show with host Dr. Broderick. Wednesdays, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Bold Brave Media Network and TuneIn Radio. And to help support the Broderick Foundation, please go to EasySense.com and learn how, with your help, we can fight these horrific brain disorders. That's EasySense.com to learn more and help support the Broderick Foundation. Welcome back. I'm Dr. Kelly James. You're listening to Why Aren't You Over This by Now on BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. My guest today is Aaron Ashworth. He's a licensed professional counselor in town. And Aaron, before break, you were talking about the Oklahoma Resource Locator, which is truly impressive. But you mentioned 211 program. What does 211, what is that? Yeah, so 211 is in, in kind of like 911. You can dial 211 no matter where you're at in the country, and it will connect you to a service that uh, is really geared towards kind of playing a case manager. Um, they're not a crisis line, but what they do basically is you can call them and say, hey, I need social service, I need um, bill assistance, or I need food, or I need wh- whatever you need, mental health, um, is, and they'll connect you with resources in your community. So 211 is a, a national effort. Um, each each community has their own kind of hub for 211, but uh, you can pretty much dial 211 anywhere across the country and get connected to whatever services are in your location. Which I think is probably really great right now with COVID and, and the challenges that everyone's experiencing with that. So that's great. Um, you mentioned PREVENTS and what does PREVENTS stand for and what is it? Yeah, so PREVENTS is fairly new. This is the President's Roadmap to Empower Veterans and End the National Tragedy of Suicide. So it's an acronym. It's really long, but basically it's President Trump's initiative to work with service members, veterans, and their families to end uh, nat- the national tragedy of suicide within the veteran community. So this is uh, goes beyond the governor's challenge, which is an effort between SAMHSA, the VA, and DOD, but this is the president's initiative specifically um, to the same cause. So they provide a framework and in information and training in, as well. Um, but uh, Oklahoma is a unique because we actually are going to be rolling out um, prevents as of next week. So we're getting kind of gearing up with the governor's challenge team as well as our partners and our friends. Um, with Oklahoma Department of Veterans Affairs, and we are gearing up for prevents to come to Oklahoma next week. Um, what that does for us is we're actually going to be one of the second, I think we're the second state to roll out prevents across the country, but we're going to be the first Governor's Challenge state to roll it out. So it's going to bring a lot of eyes and awareness to Oklahoma, who's already been recognized for multiple best practices and suicide care for veterans, but we're going to be the first state to be able to kind of combine the SAMHSA effort with the President's effort and uh, so we're really excited about the efforts um, this is going to bring and um, hopefully the resources and services that we can continue to improve here in Oklahoma with regards to taking care of our service members. And when you say it's going to roll out, how can what does that mean? Can people find it online? What What's the process of that? Yeah, so um, I would, I mean, if you're interested in being a part of the Prevents rollout, that's, um, feel free to contact me. Um, directly, and we'll share more of my contact information here in a little bit. But um, they're going, preventive rollout, they're actually going to be three days here in Oklahoma online through um, a platform called WebEx. 
and they're going to walk through. Um, there's a state leaders meeting. There's a military veteran community meeting. There's a faith group community um, meeting, as well as public health. And uh, there's they're putting together. I don't think we're doing it right now, but they're going to put together an education uh, for higher education meeting for prevents, as well as um, they're connecting with our tribal communities, which is really unique. And uh, because Oklahoma has a great representation for um, Native American tribes and nations, and we're excited about their uh, their combining with this effort as well. So they uh, we're holding basically over the 25th, 26th, and 27th multiple different meetings over those three days. And if you work in one of those segments, whether if you work in faith communities, if you work in public health, if you work in the veteran space, then uh, you can contact me directly, and we'll go ahead and get you connected and send out an invitation to you, hopefully, to be able to make sure that you're a part of that process. That's really impressive, Aaron. Really impressive. And when we talked before, we talked about um, the training and collaboration of states. So can you share more about that, what that is and what you do? Yeah, so – we were really focused with the governor's challenge and now with prevents moving in as well to making sure that our state all is moving one direction. Like we all have um, each one of the state departments and agencies has its own mission. Um, but the goal for working with service members and veterans is that we can streamline that as best as possible. Um, so we're really working with the different state departments in building programs and developing resources. And, and a lot of times there's things that exist that we don't even know exist. We're all working in the same space, but since we work somewhat in silos every now and then, that um, we find out there's a program out there that uh, is doing something that we're already trying to do, so we don't want to recreate the wheel. We want to bring the uh, the best of the best to the table and really build that collaboration out and say, hey, we don't we want to be able to provide the best resources and care to our service members. How can we go about developing um, within the gaps of what we're already doing uh, and still being able to build those collaborations and those friendships and partnerships with the different departments so we're all aiming one direction. And having that type of streamlined service really brings a lot of connection across the state, and it also brings a lot of – it saves a lot of dollars, honestly, because um, we're not recreating programs that already exist in other departments. And uh, so, I mean, a good example of that is we're developing an incarceration program that's called the VARRP. And we found out in the middle of developing this new program out that the uh, Oklahoma Department of Mental Health and Substance Abuse Services already is in that space and is already doing certain things that were that we were trying to do. And when we found that out, we were like, hey, let's invite them to the table. They already are in this space. So let's get their expertise uh, and let's build a collaboration with them for us to be able to make this an excellent program. And, uh, and what's great with Oklahoma is no one seems to get uh, territorial in those efforts. Everyone seems to really like working together, and it's been really fun to see how the state departments have come together <clears throat> Excuse me, in those efforts and really willing to work together to make it the best that we can. Which I think is excellent. Amazing that I was thinking the same thing when you said no one's territorial. I was thinking it's amazing how many different um, organizations have come together and there's not egos. It's like the egos left at the door and they come in and let's do the best thing for our members. That, that's really terrific. I'm excited f for that and to hear more about it. 
Aaron will be sharing more, and he's actually going to be on the show next week, too. So he's just a wealth of information that I want everyone to be able to hear what he has to say. So we will talk more when we come back. You're listening to Why Aren't You Over This By Now on BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Kelly James. Be sure and stay tuned to hear what else Aaron has to talk about. We'll be right back. Author, radio show host, and coach, John M. Hawkins, reveals strategies to help gain perspective, build confidence, find clarity, achieve goals. John M. Hawkins' new book, Coached to Greatness, Unlock Your Full Potential with Limitless Growth. Published by iUniverse, Hawkins reveals strategies to help readers accomplish more. He believes the book can coach them to greatness. Hawkins says that the best athletes get to the top of their sport with the help of coaches, mentors, and others. He shares guidance that helps readers reflect on what motivates them, rediscover and assess their core values, philosophies, and competencies, find settings that allow them to be the most productive, and track their progress towards accomplishing goals. Listen to John Hawkins' My Strategy, Saturdays, 1 p.m. Eastern, on the BBM Global Network and Tune in radio. Do you want to remove unconscious beliefs, programs, and energy quickly? Are you looking to actively receive messages, activations, initiations, and gifts from your higher self? If so, tune in to A Call to Heal, a show that begins with a channeled, guided meditation for expansion and upliftment. Listen to Carolee and Julia deliver intuitive messages and energies. These powerful readings affect the energy bodies of all who listen. A Call to Heal radically helps those who listen to integrate their shadow and consciously expand their light body. Don't miss your opportunity to call in and facilitate a healing for yourself and the world. Listen to A Call to Heal, Monday nights on the BBM Global Network. Be the change you wish to see and make your call to heal. Welcome back to BBM Global Network and tune in radio to Why Aren't You Over This By Now? I'm your host, Dr. Kelly James, and my guest today is Aaron Ashworth. Aaron, so in the little bit of time we have left, how can people get in touch with you? How can they volunteer? What kind of volunteers do you want? Yeah, I think um, for each community, especially right now, we have the Tulsa Marriage Challenge, the Oklahoma City Marriage Challenge, and the Lawton Marriage Challenge. So if you're in any of those three communities, I would say just reach out. Um, you can reach out to myself. There's also team leads, Ann Jenkins for um, Tulsa, uh, Jessica Rose Ham- uh, Hammonds for uh, Oklahoma City, and then um, there's a, a new lieutenant colonel down in um Oklahoma, or not Oklahoma City, but Lawton, um, is, he goes by tour. And uh, so these are great connections to have. Uh, I can connect you to them. You can call me um, on my cell phone. Uh, I'm pretty much at this point, everyone in the world has it already. So uh, <laughs> cell phone number is 918-557-8789. Uh, or you can email me, and uh, I, won't, I won't spare you the multiple letters that go into my email address, but it was aaron.ashworth at odva.ok.gov. And uh, we really want um, people to get involved in their communities. So starting with the Mayor's Challenge, if you work at a state level, go ahead and contact me directly for the Governor's Challenge. And to uh, I want you to plug in. And for those service members and veterans that want to be able to go out and serve 
and to really build up the communities and bring awareness to uh, their experiences and their difficulties. Um, I want those veterans to reach out to me as well um, because we have so many different areas that we can use um, volunteers in and uh, we're trying to put together um, disaster team programs and things like that that keep service members plugged into using their skill sets uh, in Oklahoma. I mean, we're the tornado state, so um, there seems to always be some kind of uh, natural disaster crisis going on where we can actually use those resources in their experience to be able to plug in. And uh, those type of things, um, those opportunities come up on a daily basis. So really plugging in anybody that has that military experience back into the military community. We just want to build those relationships and make sure those connections are there. And uh, again, just kind of re uh, re restating, like the, our goal is to bring those positive pathways of hope and giving people opportunities to feel that purpose and connection that they, they felt when they were in service. And so if an individual um, can't, for some reason, get involved, but they want to financially support, can they do that? Yeah, there's um, there's multiple different ways we do we can do that, and um, we have some means set up that, that we uh, we can take donations and contributions in. Again, it's probably easiest to get a hold of me directly without me going into the monologue okay. of what that looks like on on the show. But um, it's easiest just to contact me through email or phone call, um, and we'll be able to make sure that that happens. And uh, we greatly appreciate that because there's a lot of programs programming that's happening right now and that uh, we would really love to be able to have that kind of support. And businesses also that want to sponsor this um, Oklahoma Governor's Challenge, is that available too? Yeah, there's actually with each one of the Mayor's Challenge communities, they have tons of different support from local businesses and uh, philanthropic uh, efforts and foundations. So um, there's quite a few already that work with those different communities. And uh, if you have a particular community you're in, I would say go ahead and connect to that Tulsa Marriage Challenge, Oklahoma City Marriage Challenge, Lot Marriage Challenge. Again, if you um, would want to work with the state and at the state level and some of the things that we're working with, policy changes that we're trying to make, um, you can do that directly through us as well. Which is excellent. So anyone who's listening that wants to sponsor or wants to get involved, be sure and contact Aaron. Aaron will actually be on the show again next week because he's such a wealth of information and he has more things to share with us. So thank you for being on today and coming back next week. You've been listening to Why Aren't You Over This By Now on BBM Global Network and TuneIn Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Kelly James, and be sure to stay tuned for next week's show. Been listening to Why Aren't You Over This By Now with your host, Kelly James. Kelly says, The truth is that we all have things that happen in our lives. We all have stuff. You can live life the way you want. Tune in each week and discover that there's hope for healing your past beyond traditional talk therapy. Right here on Kelly James's Why Aren't You Over This By Now. been listening to the BBM Global Network. The ideas, views, and opinions of this broadcast are those of the participants of the program and are not necessarily the ideas, views, and opinions of the BBM Global Network Company.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 